Dave, when you need to scratch your ASL itch, uh-huh. where do you where do you go? I have to go somewhere where there's fast service. Yes. Somewhere where the store clerks are very nice. Nice clerks, yep. Somewhere where I'm going to get good ASL bang for my buck. Yep. And selection. And free shipping. X. So here's where I go. Where do you go, I'll, Jeff? I'll let you in on a little secret. Don't tell anybody. Ritter Creek. What is that again? Ritter Creek. Ritter Creek. Rittercreek.com. They've got selection. They've got fast shipping. They've got, what was the other thing you asked for? Friendly clerks. Friendly clerks. I'm talking friendly. <laughs> They're great at Ritter Creek. they got all kinds of stuff. It's a great website to go and peruse around and ASL stuff galore. And free shipping now. Free shipping. Who which can is, possibly yeah. beat that? Now, we want you to go to your local neighborhood gaming store and support them any way you can. If you got one anymore. But if there's ASL to be had, go to Ritter Creek. RitterCreek.com. Hi, Alan. Jeff and Dave from the Two Half Squads here. Hello there. How are you doing? We're doing very well. We've survived the sound check, and oh, you, okay. you sound better than we do. So we are hanging <laughs> up our microphones and turning the show over. Oh, dear. That means I just have to <laughs> natter on for, what, an hour? Or? Yeah, yeah 40 right. minutes, maybe. 40 minutes. Okay. There are a few podcasts that I listen to, some gaming podcasts, where it's just one guy talking into the microphone, and after about... 15 minutes, I want to stab my eyes out, usually. <laughs> so, are you a podcast listener? Do you listen to many? No, I've I've not gotten into the habit. I was just uh, about a month ago when I started uh, checking out your ones was really the first I, uh, I had ventured into that area. Um, well, you, I, you started, started with, the, with best. the best. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it started, I mean, I, I yeah, a couple of them though, that I started with. I guess what your last one, 180, and a couple of before that uh, was quite pleasant uh, listening while I was working on my counter stuff, my counter art, and it was uh, just nice to have that going in the background. And some of your parody songs are are quite epic. Well, and we must uh, attribute lots of them now to Dennis Donovan, our lyricist. And uh, he also records the bad sounding voice that's way out of tune. That's that's Dennis. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's All right. Well, the, yeah, he. The, I, I could maybe do backup for him because I think I sound worse. Than, I would probably sound worse than him when it comes to singing. <laughs> yeah, there's actually. I think we got twenty songs now, Jeff. I, I think I should go back and add mm. them all up. Yeah. Over the decade. Oh, decade? How long? Eight years we've been doing this. Yeah, eight years. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of kicking myself that it took me so long to finally listen to you guys. I've heard. I've heard about you for years, and it's always been, you know good stuff you know there's never been anything to you know it's always been a, i just never got myself into doing that and then i realized oh, i should probably probably listen in on these guys 
Well, we're glad we glad you did, and it's it's nice that a lot of our detractors are quiet about their <laughs> distaste for our for our form of communication, and there are some. Well, and, and 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 they're quieter now that you've dealt with them. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, we've got a public. We we've got a much more uh, visible forum for for uh, insulting them than they do mm-hmm. for us usually. So. Yeah, yeah. But but anyway, we're glad you found us and. Uh, you said you were working on counter art, so tell us a, a little about yourself because we we don't know you. We've never met you, and we that's don't know right. You. And uh, I don't know how far back you want me to go because it's uh, all the way. The, there's there's quite a it, it's quite a convoluted trail. I mean, my my history with ASL or uh-huh. Squad Leader goes back to Squad Leader. Oh, okay. Uh, high school in the late seventies. Uh-huh. Um, so that gives you an idea how old I am. Uh, and a high school friend had really got me into Panzer Leader, Panzer Blitz. We, you know, we we chewed up the the battlefield playing those games for a long time. And then Squad Leader came out, and I decided to get back. So I thought, well, same company, and you know, just a, a different different scale, and everything looked a lot more colorful. And as many have said, uh, the little uh, blurb about Sergeant Kurtz or whoever it was on the back. Uh, getting shot up by a machine gun that was that was a real selling point just uh getting involved in that and my the friend of my panzer leader friend he just didn't get into that scale so never really picked it up with him but i was pretty much hooked with the system from that point on and uh got uh, all the the squad leader game mats and uh it was usually pretty hard finding someone to play a game uh, but I just love the history of it, and I think one of the, I think it was still in the squad leader one that there came a, a scenario in some pack, and it was of the British fighting the Vichy French in Madagascar, and I was like, wow, the, you know, I'd never known about you know this, and, you know, and I had to go you know check the history books, and you know, it's like I thought this is what is so great about this game is, you know, discovering these weird and strange places and battles and things. But when, when ASL came out in 85, I was a curmudgeon, and, and I resisted. I was just like, I was, this is just like, I took an arm, but I don't remember, I, you know, uh, put, put in censored words all over the place. But then I, I got, I, I met a couple of guys who had gotten into the system, and I started looking at it, and I thought, yeah, you know, I, just, I think, you know, this looks like it's better, and so that's when I got into it, into ASL, was probably about a year after it came out, when I finally caved to the pressure, and uh, been avid with it. I've, I've, I frankly have not pl- played many scenarios, I've never been able to get a regular uh, opponent, so I'd still consider myself a noob when it comes to tactics and strategy, and things like that. But I've always tried to keep connected to the game and the system. And then I got married and everything went to the side for a decade or so. Um, uh, But I still kept on trying to, you know, keep up with whatever was was coming along. Um, And so it wasn't until, I think, about the early 2000s, uh, I started to realize that ASL was still going on and, and quite, um, you know, that there was a community going on. I'd, I'd become so disconnected with it. And 
actually it was uh, Desperation Morale was the one that uh, the site I found that made me think, hey, this thing is still going on. And having to, you know, and then I had to keep hunting around until I got to Game Squad. And then uh, that was where I really found myself connecting with the, the game system again and finding out what was going on. And, you know, so that it was, again, I only was able to find uh, games maybe a couple times a year, if that. Time uh, to, to actually play? Yeah, to actually yeah. play. Yeah. But, you know, it, for me, it was, you know, I would sit and read the rule book just to, you know, familiarize myself with it. And, and again, the history that was involved and hearing, you know, that, uh, and then, you know, seeing all the new products that were coming out and things like that started to pique my interest again. Um, uh, but for a while there, my, my hobby, my hobby interest uh, kind of vacillated between ASL and Lego. Uh, I'm so sorry, what? Lego? Lego. Oh, yeah, okay. I, yeah. I, I mean, I've still got a Lego room here in, in the house where all my Lego is stored. Uh, I just haven't uh, done much in the way of building uh, for the last five years, and that's about the same time as when I really started to ramp up with ASL. But it also it uh, refers to a, big, a lot of big changes in my life that happened about five years ago. That all everything just kind of all swings together. It was I think it's, uh, it's coming August 30th will be the five-year anniversary of my diagnosis of depression. Oh, sorry and, to hear that. Uh, so a lot of things in the year before and the year after that. I mean, I, I'd been experiencing or I, I'd been exhibiting uh, the symptoms for years, uh, and it wasn't until five years ago that I, I really kind of crashed, uh, got diagnosed, got on medication. And I mean, diagnosis was the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, medication, I'm still on it. And I'm very thankful for that because it certainly keeps me clear headed and, and, uh, functioning quite well. Uh, I still have depression. That's, that's a part of my life mm-hmm. and, uh, it does put limits, uh, and one of the limits is I have not played a game of ASL in the last five years because I'm not sure that I could handle the, the face-to-face intensity. Hmm. So there, there just yeah. are, are limits to my social interactions that uh, sometimes, like right now, I can function quite normally, quite gregariously. Um, and, you know, even with two people I've only just met. And then there are times when I simply have to go uh, into my bedroom, lie in the bed, and just wait for an hour until I, I feel better. Yeah. So, it, you know, it <clears throat> kind of goes up and down all over the place. But around that time, uh, and actually, I guess up until, well, the year in the year before that, I'd, I started to really become more trying to find ways to contribute to the hobbies, trying to figure out what can, what can I do? What, what interests me? You know, I'm not a, I didn't, I, I can't design a scenario to save my life. Uh, you I could, you have, could make a podcast. <laughs> you could make a podcast. Yeah. You could. Yeah. I could, if I found you guys way back then, <laughs> uh, there would have been the three of us, who knows? Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I, I was kind of always wondering, you know, what kind of things could I, uh, contribute? And one of the things I've always loved about ASL are the maps. Uh, the, the boards, the historical maps, the, you know, it's just, I've, I've always found that fascinating. 
And so I started toying around just with some cheap graphics software I found online with and, and Baffle Graphics. I just started, you know, toying around with the idea of, of doing boards or at least doing overlays. People talk about, you know, new overlays for the system, and this is uh, we are talking about 10 years ago uh, on Game Squad. And, and so I started throwing ideas out and posting them online and getting some, you know, some positive feedback, you know, that kind of encouraged me. And so I started to, as, as my free time, as my uh, uh, creative outlet, you know, a creative outlet for me, because I'm a bookkeeper, uh, which is, you know, not really, uh, does not rank high on the excitement scale uh, when it comes to, to jobs in the world. So, you know, and in bookkeeping, creativity is not something that's really... Yeah, utilized uh, there a lot. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's not the kind of thing that's encouraged. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> you do not want creative bookkeepers all the time. <laughs> so, you know, trying to find, you know, a, a creative outlet. And so doing some of this graphical stuff, I mean, you know, uh, just vassal graphics are very basic and simple. But it was a good start for me. And I saw, I started designing overlays, and then I started my hand at trying some boards, you know, and I figured out a way to try and do that. And so, you know, that I just, you know, putzed around with that for a couple of years on Game Squad and posting ideas and stuff. And then um, I contacted Ray Tapio at Critical Hit and asked him about board designs. And, of course, he's always looking for submissions. So he said, sure. So I started sending some stuff his way. And, you know, he was always uh, very... Uh, encouraging, and I, I know he's got a reputation, and I I knew that going in that you know, so he took lots of my submissions, and some of them he ter- turned into some very beautiful looking uh, half board overlay kind of things, and so I I had a lot of fun just trying new ideas. Where were you getting uh, inspiration for creating that stuff? You know, for for the things you actually created, was it uh, by reading, were, it, reading histories and thinking about how things would lay out, or just geomorphic? Uh, yeah. uh, I think Google Earth was that was another uh, big find in my life when when Google Earth came out, uh, and uh, because it's just it's all geography. I mean, that's all it is. Um, and, uh, you know, so you zoom around the world. And so what I started doing sometimes was in the Europe area, I would zoom in on a location and see what it looked like. And I'd think, oh, how would that look on a board? And, or, you know, especially if it was around a particular battlefield uh, or known battlefield. And so, I, you know, I'd use the line drawing and I'd, I'd mark out 1.2 kilometers long, which is about the length of an 8.5 by, you know, 8 by 22 Geo board, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so I sort of get okay. There's about the scale, and and so then from that I would, um, you know, use that as inspiration. I, I wouldn't do an exact match. I would, you know, the the world is not laid out based on a on a hex grid, so you can't do everything perfect. Uh, and so that's um, like there was uh, there was outside of uh, Cannes in northern France. There's this. Uh, farm or whatever called Galmanche, uh, where the Canadians had done some fighting. I was o- often looked at sites where Canadians fought being Canadian. And uh, and this particular place where the Germans had made a stand, when I, line, I lined the map and everything like that, it all 
pretty much fit within uh, an ASL geoboard. And so I used that. I used that as a, a an inspiration to make a board. That when I was done, I thought, you know, this is what board six should have looked like. <laughs> as far as uh, you know, that idea of a, a manor house and grounds and orchards and stuff like that. It was like, oh yeah, 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 that board, yeah. Yeah, that that yeah. one. It was like you know, this is this is what board six should have looked like. Mm, yeah. Um, so you know that I, I started getting known for coming up with board designs and. There were, um, you know, I came up with, there was another idea I came up with to create uh, a different kind of riverboard situation using uh, overlays that went, I guess you'd say, north-south across the board, across the, uh, rather than the, go the length, go the width of the board. And you do for, and this was a case of for the first 15 boards, boards 1 through 15, the, the old SL boards creating uh, board-specific overlays that, when put together, you had a whole different approach to, to rivers rather than having two, you know, seven and eight were the river boards. Yeah. 22, 20, something like One of those ones was, you know, the other river board. But a way using overlays to create, uh, to rejuvenate the original boards, and so, you know, and you're trying to cross the river from a different direction. Uh, than the, the usual hex grid. Now, were those taken and published anywhere? Or? No, no. It was. Uh, I, 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 I titled them solution solutions to problems that don't exist. <laughs> ah, yeah. SPDE. Yeah. Because there, there was not a problem. People were not complaining about you know river boards or anything like that. But I just came up with this random idea that you know right down the middle of these boards that would now be a river except for seven and eight, because those were already river boards. So there was 13 overlays that were keyed to each of the, the boards. Had fun with that. Nobody thought it was a great idea, so I moved on. Uh, but, it, you know, it was, it was fine. It was, I had fun doing those kind of things. And, uh, and eventually, with, around the time of just prior to my diagnosis with depression, I'd been on sabbatical from work. I'd essentially burned out. Uh, and so I, I've been granted a, a sabbatical. And during that time, I had lots of free time on my hands. And one of the things, somehow it came up about uh, hassle modules and, you know, what's, where are places where you can have other battles, and especially ones that aren't city fights and, you know, no, you know Stalingrad and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and came across a site that had all of these... Um, German aerial photographs from from the Second World War, and I came across one that was for of uh, the fortress at Brest-Litovsk. Yeah, and I'm looking at that right now on your website. So right, the, uh, yeah. a little patch of ground. A little and, patch of ground, yeah. And you've got this uh, picture of the third one down. I think you have a a squad leader regular sized board on top of that. Yeah, just to, yeah. Yeah, to show the scale. Wow, it's and huge. It's, it's four, four foot by four foot, and uh, because the, the the fortress itself was like north to south about two kilometers. So yeah, the, the it goes from like A1 to LLL56, I think. Um, Is the, are the hex sizes, the larger hex sizes, like on his no, it's, boards? It, uh, in, in order to get it all to fit, it, it, it's standard size. Okay. Uh, I, I couldn't increase it, and and I did all of that in Hexdraw and GIMP. Hmm. Uh, Hexdraw has just been a fantastic. I'll, I'll do a shout out to Joe Botter and 
the, the whole extra thing. I mean, that's absolutely fantastic program. It really has opened up for me, at least. And then, what did you pr- print it on? Uh, I, I went the... to a printer just locally here and had them print it out. Uh, it's a printer I'm working with for the counter project. Um, but it was um, when I got a hold of this this aerial photo of, of the fortress. That's when I, I, I just in this old program using uh, Vassal Graphics, um, I created a um, uh, a map. I ne- never printed out, but I, cr- I created a map of the fortress to, to scale. I think at, at most I would uh, there wasn't a feature on the map, in, including the one on my website. There isn't a feature on that map that is more than one hex off of where it should be in real life. Um, that's I, I tried to you know get it as close as possible because of course the fortress isn't laid out on a hex grid, but. Um, but there is one other thing I thought, you know, this would make for a great uh, a great hassle module. And the fact that it was also fought over in 1939 between the Germans and the Poles, you essentially got two battles, two multi-day battles on the same patch of ground, oh. um, and, but two very different kinds of battles. Um, and, and it's all early war. So in, in te- instead of what usually people would say, it wasn't a... Uh, heavy metal slugfest. It was a tin can slap fest. <laughs> um, you know, because it was all you know early war stuff, heavy infantry. And the great thing about the the fortress is it's a combination of city and country, because you've got these sort of very built up, urbanish kind of build, uh, building structures or building areas, and then lots of open space all around it. So uh, I thought, well, here's a you know something that would uh, make for a great hassle because it would be early war. Uh, who would have thought that you'd have the Poles in a historical ASL thing? Uh, but then also early war Russians and Germans and, and tin cans. And as I was thinking through this, I thought, you know, but you know, for the Russians, because there's not really a lot in the way of resupply, you know, it could get kind of boring. Well, you, the Russians will need to be mostly fanatic already. And I thought, well, instead of having to remember that they're fanatic or have all these fanatic counters on top of all your Russians and and all this, why not have counters that are already fanatic? So that the standard, you know, to the a fanatic counter uh, unit is morale level one higher. So instead of having a four four two six conscript, you can have four two seven fanatic yeah. conscript, uh-huh. and, and it's already there. Uh, and because it also turned out I, there was um, two types of Soviets. I shouldn't really refer to it Soviets because there were. I mean, there was there was a Kazakh uh, contingent there as well. Uh, but there were uh, amongst there were conscripts, there were regular soldiers, there were some special forces, but there were also what the, the Soviets referred to as Zapadniki. And that was conscripts from the, quote-unquote, newly liberated Western lands mm. that the Russians had taken over from eastern Poland. And so these people, you know, they were, they were Poles, they were Ukrainians, Lithuanians, Belarusians, but they had been conscripted into a system that they, they had not, you know, they had been part of a Western nation up until two years prior. And um, they 
weren't interested in fighting because they weren't they hadn't been brought up in the Soviet system. So they weren't, you know, the, the Mother Russia Soviet standard. Uh, so you'd have two types of conscripts, the, the ones that wanted to just give up and run away and the ones that were still trying to figure out how to fight. So, you know, there you could have two. It, that's, that became the, the start of me thinking about doing counters. Because then I thought, well, if, you know, for these fanatic counters to be accepted, you know, I, I need to have the regular counters that look just like them or else people are going to complain about them not looking right. Because, you know, there's always the issue of artwork and the color of the core and the right. quality and stuff like that. And so from there, that's what generated me starting to think about doing count, uh, like uh, nationality sets. Uh, it just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, I ended up using, I found f- photos of the plastic soldiers online. It was sets where I, I grew up with Airfix, as you know, yeah, World War II. Yeah, I had so those. <laughs> yeah, so and there's other, you know, Ertl and and others that are that do it now as well. So people, there were there were set reviews where they had pictures of okay, here are all the poses you get for this nationality, and so I used those as the basis of um, starting to create my own soldiers that would be um, in color uh, with the proper. Uh, uniforms. Uh-huh, historically uh, accurate. And, historically accurate, and uh, I wanted to make each class of, of MMC and, and each sort of morale level of um, leader to be unique so that they stood out. It was easier to tell who, what was what. So what I have is, like for, you know, the poster boy for, for this is the Germans, of course, because you've got conscript, second line, first line, and like 13 dozen elite kinds yeah, of right. soldiers. So I've, I've got it that for all, for all the German classes, that each trio of soldiers is a unique configuration. It's not like one figure appears in, in one, you know, uh, some figures will appear multiple times. But, but not the same combination. Not, right? not the same combination. So, you know, I started working on that, and that was kind of good, and uh, it, it just kind of snowballed from there. One of the things, uh, it had always bothered me ever since I, I'd gotten Armies of Oblivion, looking at Hungarians, and I was thinking, and I, 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 I've not, I, my wife and I lived in Europe for two years, and we were very well aware of the animosity between Hungarians and Romanians. And, mm. and I remember looking at the official Hungarian counters, and right away I said, I, I just knew these guys are wearing Romanian uniforms. It's like this is Hungarians have got to be absolutely apoplectic at, at this. That their oh. armed forces are being portrayed with figures that are dressed very clearly as Romanians on the ASL counters. On the ASL counters, yeah. Wow. Yeah, if you, you look, you'll see. It's particularly the helmets. There... The Romanians have very distinctive helmets. That's pretty much the same as the Dutch. And you look, and the, the, the figures on the Hungarians are the same as the Axis Minor. Uh, and the Axis Minor are also set up, done as Romanians, because that was pretty much the main uh, uh, force, force amongst, there, uh, yeah. amongst them. So there, there were things like that where I was like, I wanted to make sure that I got all of that correct. And so a lot of the research, you know, which I loved, because I, I just started to find out more and more things 
about the ar- all the various armed forces and the weapons they had, and you know, and so and some design choices I made. Uh, instead of doing a top-down of the support weapons, I do uh, a profile, uh, just because it, the, in, the the weapons look so much more interesting from the side than they do from the top. Uh, and you're able to see the big differences between the the light machine guns and the mediums and the the, the heavies. Yeah, that that, like that that is very true about those weapons. I don't like the yeah. aerial view. Yeah. Yeah. So so I've got that, and I I it's, every so often I get to uh, be in the bonnet about something in the system, and I I research the the crap out of it. Uh, and so I, I've I've made sure that every every flamethrower counter looks like the flamethrower for that nationality, which uh, was quite fun re- researching, just trying to find out what kind of flamethrower setups they had. Um, it, seems, so it, it seems to me like this is kind of uh, risky ground you're walking on. I didn't say whiskey ground, did I? That's no. Yeah, r- ris- risky ground. Yeah, oh yeah. Risky it's, ground. And so were you, were you, are you kind of clearing this stuff? Uh, through your connections on Game Squad before you go ahead and design anything, lest you create something that somebody wants to come and punch you about. Um, <laughs> because well, no, well, I, I mean I'm, I'm making sure I'm, I, I'm I'm not copying I'm not copying the artwork from from anyone. Right, right. it's all original. Uh, it's all original, and in fact, for the the I mean the big thing was the, uh, the vehicles, getting artwork for that. Yeah, and and so. Um, I'm using my base for vehicles is the work of George Bradford, uh, who's done all of these um, the scale model things. Let me just pull out one of his books here. Um, you know, he's done like 70 second scale drawings for people who want to scratch build their their vehicles. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's done all sorts of. You, you, you Google the guy and you see all his work. Well, it turns out he lives about half an hour from me. And um, so I had contacted him and explained what I wanted to do with his vehicle stuff. And he was fine with that. He, we, we worked out a, a deal for that. He gave me permission to use his, his artwork. And he, he, said, he even wrote and uh, mentioned that he remembered working with Kurt Schilling in the 90s uh, on some ASL stuff. Like oh. he, had, he had done work. His, his, uh, his name is on the credits for... A couple of modules, I think, from the late '90s. You know, so I've 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 made sure that uh, I mean I've I've had feedback from people as far as whether the vehicles are correct or not, uh, or whether the weapons uh, are are correct or not. But it's been a case of of um, doing the work myself. Some some are variations on um, using the existing ones, like um, you know the. It, and that's been another fun thing to do is, is uh, researching vehicles that aren't part of the official counter, counter set. Some of the variations are just minor alterations to existing weaponry uh, or something, or yeah, you know, various things, and 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 finding unique vehicles, so ones where there was only one, like the SMK or the T100, uh, or you know, things where they only had uh, the SU100Y, uh, where only one of them was ever build. And then there's uh, the ones that are rare, where maybe only two or a dozen were ever made. And uh, and then also uh, captured vehicles. Uh, adding yeah. that in. Uh, and having fun with that. And uh, so it, it's, 
it's been a multi-year process and had some some successes along the way and some abject failures. I did finally find printer just locally here who uh, I've been working with for a while. Yeah, so I'm, I'm still I'm working together laying out counter sheets now. I've now, at the moment, uh, I've got 66 unique counter sheets. Wow. That um, that are not uh, yet for I'm, sale, right? Not yet for sale. I'm still okay. I'm still they're still in the in the in being um, proofed. Uh, I'm yeah. just working through getting the the layouts and getting them proofed and discovering. You know, my proofers are are reminding me uh, uh, regularly that I am quite fallible. And uh, <laughs> some of the things that they find is like, my most embarrassing one was forgetting the low ground pressure square on the Panzer 1B. Mm. Okay. I mean, yeah. now they're, they're, you know, when that was pointed out to me, I'm just like, that is such a stupid error. And then others are, they, th- they say, I think this is wrong. And I say, well, by, from my research, this is what it's supposed to be. Oh, all right. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, going to be six sheets of German vehicles and ordnance. Wow, yeah, I see that. Uh, is that 1,000 counters, approximately? Uh, yeah, it, it comes out, yeah, whatever, yeah, 1,000. Yeah. 1,056 counters. Yeah, which will be. Wow. And, and different ideas, like, uh, and one of the ideas I came, in, came up with was uh, unique uh, sniper counters. People have always, you know, been getting really neat kind of table or map side things to remind them of what their SAN is. And I thought, well, why don't you have a sniper counter with the SAN on it? And so it takes six counters to have two, one with two, three, four, five, and six and seven. I would like that. Yeah. So, you know, having that, and and I've made it a point that each nationality has a different pose uh, keyed to their uniform. So, again, trying to make that... Know, trying to, as best as possible, and it's it's not perfect, as close to what things might have really been like. There's a website, a fellow in Belgium, who is a, a really fantastic website of uh, vehicle, well, military equipment drawings. I've used that site to get an idea of uh, camouflage patterns that you know would be relevant for a particular nationalities or theaters or things like that so i tried to recreate that as much as possible yeah it's you know coming up with all these different ideas and, and discovering uh was it uh gotta hear the germans up there's this uh, vehicle the sdkfz 254 which is depending on your mood is either a four-wheeled armored car or a tracked armored scout. Hmm. Uh, it's got um, that the, the the wheels retract so that you can just go on the tracks, or you stop and you extend the wheels, and now you're a four a four-wheeled vehicle. Hmm. Uh, and that was used for scouting. And then there's the SD KFZ 247, which was the main troop transport for Poland and the West. And the, you know, before the, turns out the the SPW 250, the, you know, the, the little half track, yeah. came out to replace those, which were trucks. Okay. Armored trucks. So, you know, various things that I've discovered. And uh, um, there are things. 
um, uh, I've been picking up some things from other manufacturers, other uh, producers of, of ASL stuff, trying to find a, trying to, or I'll, I'll find one that sounds like it's interesting, and then discover, oh, someone else has already put out that counter. What did they use? You know, and going from there. And I have to admit, World of Tanks has been a help too. World of Tanks oh. is that the video that, game? Yeah, the video game. Oh, okay. I mean, mo- mo- most of the weird stuff they have there are what are called paper panzers, like things that only existed as prototypes or ideas. But every so often, there's something that comes up that um, you find out, oh, that really was a, a vehicle. Huh. Uh, and, uh, you know, finding something like the or the Panzer 1F and the Panzer 2J, uh, which were sort of like micro-tigers in terms of their armor. British stuff had been some really weird British stuff. Uh, of the, the other, the other uh, thing know. I did to that, uh, just uh, as far as, um, I've only concentrated on Europe and desert uh, countries, so nothing, no Japanese, Chinese, or Marines, um, just because I had to stop somewhere. Yeah. Um, and what I did was also I decided to cr- created. Um, four new nationalities, I guess. Um, the Poles, the Romanians, Free French, and I've hived off the partisans and into their own thing. Um, so that there's partisans for Western Europe, Eastern Europe, and the Balkans. Mm-hmm. Okay. The yeah. b- brave versus furry hat kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, And trying to have the support weapons that are more keyed to uh, the various theaters. Uh, but also, uh, I mean, staying with the, the, the same countermix, I mean, your basic 337 for a partisan. But I also discover, you know, what, what were other counters that we used for different levels? Because I know sometimes a, a Soviet 527 has showed up as a partisan unit and these things. So based on what's been part of the scenario mix, uh, created sort of, different levels of partisans for each of those um, theaters, and then also given a full counter mix of vehicles for Tito's partisan army, so all in two-tone, so that you don't have to keep on using just Soviet stuff for the partisans. Yeah, cool. So that, that that's sort of, yeah, so for, for Europe, essentially, it's 14 nationalities that I've, that I've got on my plate. But uh, so some of these that just help me understand this. Pretend like I'm dumb for a minute, it's, which is not hard after you know me a little better. <laughs> but of the, uh, just for instance, of the 1,056 German AFV counters that you mm-hmm. designed on these six sheets, yeah. what p- roughly percentage are direct replacements for what is provided in ASL currently? Probably everything. Um. Yeah, I try. I think the 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 only vehicles that I haven't found or I haven't created uh, a similar one are bridge layers. Okay. Uh, and, but everything else in, in the the standard mix is available. Um, so people and, could they could essentially buy your counters and right, replace use them for all the of their game, right? ASL counters, and plus there's some in there that aren't. Yeah, well, for like the Germans, there's there's a boatload because there's so many yeah. captured ones. Right. Uh, but then there's also so many fan, just in fascinating uh, 
unique ones I've found to, and I mean, there, there are things like I spent, you know, I've, I've had chapter H open before me for months as I go through oh, it. Oh, I bet. And, you know, and so things like when I think it was uh, from the minor allies, there was this little uh, Yugoslav tank cap, you know, that's, that's the line of science of how much it talks about the fact that they were, you know, used by the Germans after they're captured. So for the Germans, I made that one of the captured vehicles that you can you can actually use that little tankette in German colors for essentially it would be anti-partisan work in Yugoslavia. Yeah. So uh, partly it's a case of giving giving um, scenario designers if they want to design a scenario for something that's not already in the countermix that they've now got or they may even just learn that there's something available. Yeah. Um, for that, so will you be providing I, any vehicle notes for those, or will people? What, my, yeah, my plan. My plan is uh, first. The first thing is just to get the counters made, and then the plan is to work on vehicle notes uh, for all the additions I've made, and make that as a, a free download from my site, so that uh, okay. anyone that yeah. uh, will get them, you know, will uh, there'll be a little bit of a blurb about it. Uh, Try and do it similar to the way Chapter H is set out, uh, but you know, with my stuff. Uh, but make it in a form, you know, PDF so that uh, people can download them. Yeah. Uh, rather nice. than me trying to figure out printing them out. And the hope is to, to you know, if people want to get multiple copies, you know, if they want more of them, to always have the nationality sets available. At least the counters available. So that if the people are still waiting for the, the official modules to come out with all the the good stuff in it, that uh, they're not held back. Yeah. And uh, how much do do we know? How much? Like for instance, oh, the, the cost. Uh, the cost on the yeah. uh, Germans, for instance, six sheets of counters. The uh, my the price point I'm aiming for is uh, ten dollars U.S. per sheet. Uh, Reasonable, uh, yeah. And uh, the at the moment I'm doing pre-orders, and so everything is 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 cheaper than that. Uh, about for the most part, 20% off the is what I'm 20% lower is the pre-order price. Uh, a couple of additions uh, I've decided to do, and part of it, one is there is a, a full sheet of berserk counters. So every nationality is going to have berserkers. Oh, yeah. Uh, keyed to you know based on 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 those things. So um, uh, because in red, you know the white on red berserkers. Yeah. The classic was a cross of iron. I think is what came out was when those were came out. Yeah. And the other cross of iron throwback is uh, I'm going to. I'm going to do the black SS counters. Yes, yeah, there was, uh -huh. those were very okay. popular, also. Yeah. So um, the one thing uh, I have chosen to do is is I'm I'm not using uh, official SS insignia. Actually, even in the regular ones, I, I've I found a, a font to use that uh, for the for doing SS that is not uh, an official SS one. Uh, I want the counters to be usable in Europe because I know there are certain symbols that it's it's simply against the yeah, law. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, yeah. You know, it's not some. It's not just a, a moral issue. It's a legal issue. Yes. 
Uh, and actually with black SS, you don't need any special symbols because they're black. You know, you already know they're SS. Right. So you can use, you know, you know, second line, first line, elite, all these things. So it becomes easier to do that. And so that's not that's not a full six sheets. That's only gonna, that's going to be I think it's instead of six sheets of vehicles, it's three and a half for the SS, and it's two and a half sheets of infantry. And so for for a full for the full German vehicles, ordnance, and infantry. Just regular German, it would it's it's going to be eight and a half sheets uh, yeah. with no duplicates. Now, if I can jump back to the Brest Litovsk, was that published by Critical Hit or anyone? No, that's not been published by anyone at the moment. Oh, uh, there are a couple of guys who are uh, who have expressed an interest in developing scenarios and campaign games for it. Yeah, somebody's so got to get on they've that. got copies of the map. Cool. And, and the map, I mean, even once I got it printed out and started looking over it again, it's one thing to look at it on a screen. Another thing, I had it there, and I started to see a whole bunch of uh, what I would consider uh, terrain errors as far as making things. You know, it's always trying to make on a map, make sure that you are obeying Chapter B. You, you, know, it's, you can't. You know, you can't have stuff that violates any of those. Oh, yeah, there's several rules about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. So yeah, if it fills the with, hats. With, or... with the printed out one, I, I've noticed some errors, so that has to be worked on. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know if that will ever see the, the light of day. The title that came from, there was another fellow who who'd suggested this. It comes from uh, Hamlet. Uh, Shakespeare. Oh. There is a scene where Hamlet sees the king of Norway and his army passing by wherever he is, and he talks to a captain of the, the Norwegian army and asks them you know, where they're going, and they're going, off to, they're going off to fight the king of Poland. And he says, for, a whole, for the whole of it or just for, for uh-huh. some frontier? And the fellow, says, the, the fellow replies, uh, uh, just a little patch of ground with nothing... Nothing uh, attached to it but its name, <laughs> and so the idea, because this this fort was really just a little patch of ground, you know, um, that at one point was in the middle of Poland and then was right on the frontier between Germany and the Soviet Union, and it was a little patch of ground that just kept on getting fought over. So I, that, that just that was kind of like, hey, I got some Shakespeare into this. Very impressive. I noticed there's a map pad pack. Also, is that? Yes, that that was another thing. Um, as I, I mean, as I've been working on counters and, and things like that, I was like, well, what can I do to, you know, get interest going? So, last year, 2016, I came up with the idea of uh, drink coasters, and using my uh, vehicle graphics on to put on four-inch coasters. You know, was, uh, you know, just. Uh, um, bling, you know, just sort mm-hmm. of, uh, yeah. you know, eye candy and stuff like that. And so I ended up, that seemed to p- get people's interest. And so I had, I did three sets of those. One was, uh, early war tanks. One was late war mediums and the classic one, which had, uh, a logo for my, my broken ground thing on one. And then, uh, a German, Russian and American tank harking back to squad leader, you know, the, the three combatants from the, the that started oh, yeah, it all. Right. So it's like a T-34, an M4, and a Panzer IV. Um, you know, and so so that, that 
you know, those all sold out, and that was a nice little thing, and nothing more came of that. And then, again, through Game Squad, uh, throwing out ideas, and somehow, and I, I, I don't remember the genesis completely, but um, I thought, well, what if you were to put or create a map on just uh, a mouse pad, uh, so very small, you know, not even a half, not even a half board. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I pitched the idea. You know, does anyone think you know this would work? And I I took a, I, I picked a selection from one of the boards I designed that I haven't uh, sent out for publication. Mm-hmm. I did a, I did a, about a dozen AP style boards, the uh, eleven by sixteen. You know, the, the fort boards. That I, kind of, I guess they call them after Fortenberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd done a whole I'd done a whole bunch of boards there. So I just I picked a little section out of one of those, fit it onto a mouse pad size thing, and asked people if this was an idea. And uh, I had two scenario designers contact That's, me uh, and say Pete Schelling they, and uh, Martuzas, yeah, yeah, very so, famous designers. So I sent them off uh, copies of that. I, the first couple I printed out were through Zazzle, you know, an expensive thing, but at least I got to see how it worked. And so, they, yeah, they developed uh, two scenarios each for that. And so I, I got a, a bulk purchase of, uh, of the mouse pads custom made and then printed out the, uh, my printer here locally, um, got them to print out the scenario cards. And I've been selling that this year. And that's available and right now on your website here. It's available right now on the site, yeah. And uh, I actually do have to change the pricing a bit because uh, the second printing, uh, the first printing sold out. I've got a second printing, and the mouse pads are slightly different, just uh, about 75% the thickness of the originals, which has reduced their weight enough that the postage costs have gone down. And I just haven't got around to updating. The, oh, you could leave the, the price the where it's at, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> don't I, I, don't, I don't want. I, I, I don't want to be accused of gouging. No, on it's shipping a, and handling. It's a so. bargain. It's yeah. a bargain. Yeah. At, so. at that price, and you might shock people too too badly by lowering prices because well, they, actually, actually, a game store owner I know, Prosex over here, he passed away, but uh, a customer came in, had bought something, at a. What was the? Oh, I forget how it went. But the price had changed for some mm-hmm. similar reason, and the customer was kind of mad at him, the the, the seller. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you charged me more for this earlier. He goes, well, that's what I bought it at. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> but I remember that. Yeah. But, but yeah. Anyway. So, well, we so anyways, you know that 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 keeps on going. If there's another fellow through Facebook who has expressed interest in doing a couple of scenarios for it, I haven't heard much back from him yet. But also. Um, there's a possibility of a, of a second mouse a map pad coming out with a uh, uh, more of a wilderness setup and scenarios. Yeah. That's still an early development. It's it's still more it, it's a, it's along the line of vaporware at the moment, but it's sort of a dream and an idea. And got some some designers are thinking through some ideas for that. So it, as as a as a little thing, and the scenario cards feature my artwork on the the counter. Yeah, so it's another way to to that. get people to to see that. Yeah. And it was kind of cool that each each scenario that was submitted has two different combatants from all the like. So it, the, there's no scenario, there's no two scenarios that have the same combatants in it. Yeah, it's got a huge wise. variety. Yeah, 
yeah. Italians, Greeks. I see here, um, yeah. Chinese, I did, Japanese, I did hack, Yeah, I did. I was forced. Brian to did do. force me to create <laughs> encounters for the for Chinese the Japanese and, and the Chinese. Japanese. <laughs> um, so I did just enough to yeah. make that work. Um, so, because he's been pushing me to, to get into the Pacific, and it's like, I just got to, I had to stop somewhere. Yeah. I, I could spend the next 20 years coming up with more ideas. Yeah, you want to see how this all goes and then maybe explain yeah. later. So, well, we should start to wrap it up. Um, it's been a okay. great conversation with you. Oh, my um, goodness. I have, I have talked uh, an awful lot, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, well, that's exactly well, what we needed. Yeah. So. <laughs> I got to tell you, I find your the, the whole story uh, quite inspiring and astonishing because mm. you have found a way to play ASL without actually playing ASL. You're playing with ASL, but you don't yeah. really play ASL that much. And it's, I find that interesting because some people could be led to believe that the only way, way to play ASL is face-to-face -face or on Vassal on a regular basis and then go to tournaments. Mm -hmm. And that's not the no, only way. No, actually, you can engage with the material in a lot of different in ways. In a lot of different ways. Yeah. And I find yeah. that really interesting and uh, yeah. Like oh yeah, the, yeah. For me, the, uh, I've always been a history buff, and I mean, when I was a kid, I would, you know, I made all sorts of models of, you know, World War II equipment, and uh, you know, so it it all just kind of feeds on itself of yeah. stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah, and the fact that you're contributing, not just playing it, but yeah. contributing yeah. back to the hobby is really great. Yeah, really great. So yeah, so we appreciate that, and. Uh, yeah. We wish you the best of luck on your uh, all those upcoming things. We're definitely going to be keeping an eye on that. Have you got uh, like a mailing list so you'll be keeping people up to date? Oh, really? It's, it's, it, there's a. I mean, I've got the website. I've yeah, got a Facebook up. page. Uh, oh, okay. I've, yeah. I've, I've um, again under the same broken ground design, uh, and uh, and also I, I post on Game Squad and you know find the new ideas. I mean, I just recently found out some. A, a real tin can sort of armored car transport thing that the French Foreign Legion used. Uh, I've, I've found a way to shoehorn that in, a couple of counters for that. Um, so I, every so often I still find stuff. Uh, I've, I've had to specifically stop myself from searching for more yeah. because it just it becomes a, an obsession. Um, right. You know. But, you know, this is, this is a hobby for people who are obsessed. I mean, you know, OCD, the whole, yeah, yeah. you know, this is this is a hobby where it's for people like us who can just get really focused on some minutiae and really enjoy it. Yeah. Because there are so many fascinating things to, to learn in all of that. So. And it's great. Yeah, yeah. and it works out. Yeah, it, it's, it gives me, you know, it's just uh, a way to contribute to the hobby because I, not many other ways for me to do that right. at the moment. You know, hopefully I will be able to get face-to-face uh, -face games in again in the future but uh we'll see uh, I, I, we'll just see yeah all right well we want to thank you for your time yeah thank you very very much indeed and hope you have a great evening and we'll look forward to to being in touch with you and hearing as stuff more stuff comes out okay and just remember to make me sound really nice uh, on the broadcast <laughs> I, I, I just don't like the sound of my voice <laughs> All right. Well, we'll. Uh, yeah, it's been a great interview. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll cover it up. We'll D Dave make me and, sound like Clint Eastwood. We can, could put yes in post production. Dave can do wonders. Yeah, I can do the. Oh, okay. Uh, the d resonance. <laughs> we can all yeah. have radio voices. Uh, right, okay. Next show. Sounds all great. Right. Well, all thank right. you. Thanks for your time, fellas. Take care. Have a good night. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. -bye.